Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Dr. Carl speaking. Well, who is this? What do you want? Please come right away. This is the zoo speaking. The what? The zoo? Yeah. One of our elephants is seeing pink men. All right, now, now listen to me, Janet. This has gone far enough. Well, there's nothing funny about it. I'm in the midst of a very serious... <laughs> Hello! The scariest creatures in Hollywood rise from their graves every Saturday at 3 p.m. on Creepy Classics. Next time, Bella Lugosi stars in Edgar Allan Poe's classic Tale of Terror. The blood-curdling Murders in the Rue Morgue, Saturday at 3 on AMC's Creepy Classics. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. everybody hello hey what's happening out there in uh radio land it's not a radio movie sucktastic land you always got to tell me that it's whatever we want it to be i don't mean the first year bubble sir it's the future it's the future (laughs) this is how everyone talked in these lugosi movies you're making me watch supernatural (laughs) supernatural perhaps radio Perhaps not. Perhaps not. You are <laughs> saying something profound. <laughs> um, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, I should have been for that. <clears throat> Welcome oh. to Movie Sugtastic, and yes, we are doing more Lugosi. Yeah, we are. You didn't enjoy these? All right. I'll, no, I, I did. No, no, I, I did enjoy them. Um, these were a little harder to get through a little bit. Yeah. I'll give you that much. They're a little longer. 
little longer, a little more uh, comedic padding. Uh, right. Both uh, both of them very unnecessary where it is. Uh, I, very I'm complaining where it is. I'm complaining about them being longer, but they're, they're an hour and an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> it's still a two uh, hour and fifteen minute bad movie uh, technically yeah. for me. Uh, the two we're reviewing this uh, <clears throat> this week are Dracula's Daughter, 1936, and Murders yeah. in the Rue Morgue from 35, 32. Correct, uh, yes. I, I'll grant you Rue Morgue feels longer than it is. Yes, it sure really does. Yeah, and, and, and that's... Uh, well, we'll get into that. Um, but wh- which one did you want to cover first, sir? Well, I got Dracula... What's going on here? How come this video won't play? What did you do? Didn't do anything. Oh man. Hold on a second. Uh, holding. Holding. Everyone can take a look at my awesome wallpaper. Uh, Windows Media Player really doesn't like uh, the copy that I have of Dracula's Daughter. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to very simply open it up in VLC Player. Just bear with me. I was going to do Dracula's Daughter first. Okay. If that's okay. No, I, I was dealer's choice. I, I, I have no preference between the two of them. Uh, they're both um, interesting in their own way. Okay. Yeah, I figured Dracula's Daughter first. That's the I watched that one first, but um, I thought it was, um, ironically enough, the worst of the two films. And we tend to go a little longer on the first film we do anyway. Really? You thought Dracula's Daughter was worse of the two? Well. Hmm. I, well, I say that because I found Rue Morgue funnier. <laughs> Shame on you. I, I just, I did. Wow, I can't frame this right at all. Uh, all right, there we go. Now we're cooking. All right, so so I got uh, Dracula's daughter on first. Now, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing that I find with these movies is a couple of things. One, people literally get away with murder. I mean, like someone gets killed and they just like leave the body, and it's like no big deal. So <laughs> obviously, not being born in that time period. Is this just just a a much uh, bigger um, uh, what's what's the term I'm looking for um, uh, suspension well, of disbelief like on like a grander scale? Well, look at it this way: <clears throat> they didn't have forensic evidence back then. Well, of course not. They had they had like whodunits. You had you had to suss out who the guy was and then invite them to dinner with a bunch of other people and make them confess. <laughs> Other than that, they had nothing to go on. There's no, D, you know, there's no DNA. There's no, uh, there's no semen. There's no, you know, I don't even think fingerprints at this point are, are that popular. You I know, maybe a fad. So uh, unless you like, they find you. It like, was probably one of those. Like, every, <laughs> are you telling me everyone's are different? That's not possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, be... it's ex- exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> what like snowflakes? Come on. Those aren't even different. They all look the same. Like well, no, when we you get, really, you're not getting it. When we get into Rue Morgue, they actually, they we actually do have forensic uh, at work That's solving right. the murder. 
So that's an interesting parallel I made there, so, and it kind of blows me out of the water. But again, there it's, it's like this weird thing. And there's a lot of like weird stuff in Murders of the Rue Morgue as far as like uh, um, being, for the time period of the film, wacky. So Well, I, well in Rue back. Morgue, I, I love it when he's looking at drawings of blood cells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this drawing looks like this drawing. It's obviously <laughs> a match. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> You know how hard it is to make the blood cells stay still for those drawings, too? <laughs> I must draw you. It's like, what, they couldn't get Disney on set for this? Even just well, a little bit? Well, th- th- this this all leads into the, the, the beginning of Dracula's Daughter. Now, if I may give a quick backstory on this, because th- there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with Dracula's Daughter. Yeah, this uh, you actually you mentioned this to me last week, off-air, um, uh, about, I think, what you're going to get into about Lugosi... Being well, on set, but well, you that, go ahead. Well, even before that, I mean, oh, uh, really? it, it's, it, this, there's a, this is why in my book on Lugosi, uh, performed by Lugosi, uh, you can find it on Amazon, in my book on films starring Lugosi, this movie is included specifically because Lugosi's not in it. At all. Uh, not even like no. a flashback or anything. The movies now, are now, five um, years removed uh, between Dracula and this. It's five years. That's it. Right, now, Lugosi's still huge movie star at this point. Now it's even further removed when you consider that the original film takes place in the 19th century, and then this film takes place in the 1930s. <laughs> yeah. So there's a big leap there. Then the films are five years apart. Now the studio was go- undergoing a lot of trouble at the time. Uh, the I'm horrible at pronouncing their names. Lamels, Lamel, Lamels. I'm really bad with names. But they they were they, they ran the studio. It was like a family-run studio, okay. and uh, there was a th- this movie came out. Je- this is the last film they produced because they were ousted by the shareholders after this. Okay, okay. It, they had a lot of films coming out that were flopping. There was a lot of uh, again the censorship code codes uh, rising up against horror films. They were causing it with their films, <laughs> uh, and so this is. Th- Dracula's daughter is a perfect example of the of uh, like a water world uh, on a smaller scale. It was supposed to be a, a low budget cash in on the Dracula name. They uh, it went vastly over budget. Uh, the or, initial director they paid up front was like a pay or play option, and then he ended up having to leave before they even started filming. So they had to hire another director to do the film. Oh my god! <clears throat> uh, they had. They, they had to abandon screenplays. They had to, they kept changing everything around. The film is supposed to be based on the short story Dracula's Guest, uh, which there's weirdness around that too. Uh, it which was technically a prequel to Dracula, and supposedly the first chapter of the novel that was taken uh, that was cut out before they released it. I call bullshit on that. We can talk about that later if we have time. Um, but basically, the film what? Shut up. Basically. <laughs> Film went film way over budget, all this stuff, uh, and then once the film was done, the the Lamels were kicked out. So there's all that right on top of it. That that's all to start with. Then you got Lugosi. Now, I know we haven't talked about the film yet, but since you mentioned it, that's I'm gonna okay. get it out of the way right, I'm, right no, now. No, no, I, I find I find this stuff to be more interesting than the actual film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll get to the film. There's, there's no question about it. But stuff and like just, what you're, what you're about to talk about, uh, what you're about to say, I mm-hmm. find way more interesting. 
because I am saying something profound. Profound. Uh, I'm just I'm just checking my notes for numbers because I'm not a numbers guy like you are off the top of my head. But I'm checking my source material here, uh, which would be my my book. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, notes L- in there. Lugosi. Now, there the fact is, Lugosi was paid for the film. Okay. All right. He was paid four thousand dollars. Where a lot of the wait lot for Dracula's of, daughter that he didn't Dracula's appear in. Daughter, he was played paid four thousand dollars. Now the official story that m- you'll see most places you read say that he was paid to advertise the film. They paid him four thousand dollars. Wow, a lot of money for Lugosi to not appear in a film. Sure, that's the story. I'm looking at the budget. Everyone... I'm looking at the budget for this film. Hmm? To, even though we're in 2015, this movie is almost 80 years old. This seems like a like a very high budget to me for 1936. The budget exact. The yeah. budget was two hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars. That seems like a lot of money for the yeah, time period I, to make well, like a I movie. Said, the, well, the one like I said, the director, um, uh, uh, Sutherland, he they paid him seventeen thousand five hundred to direct the film, uh, but the way his contract was, he. Was he left before they even started filming? So they they had to pay another director five thousand to finish to actually do the film. Wow, there's there's over twenty five thousand right there. <laughs> <laughs> so now so here, here's here's where it gets interesting for me because the whole this whole thing about Lugosi oh they paid him four thousand dollars to do promotional advertising for the film okay but he's not in the movie he's not on the movie posters. Even more interesting. The, be- the film takes place right where Dracula ends. We find Van Helsing. Uh, the Hark the Harkins are gone. Right. Harkers, sorry, the Har- whatever the fuck their name is, they're gone. Uh, Van Helsing's hanging around with the body. Uh, the cops find him and two corpses, Dracula's and uh, Renfield's. There's the Dracula's daughter, uh, Madame. Oh, stupid name too. Uh, and not the same name from the short story it's either. Gloria Holden. Well, that's or... the that's the actress, Contessa uh, Zaleska. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. She's Dracula's daughter. She kid and she grabs the she steals the body and then destroys it because she thinks that might make her human again. And that, there's a brief you, you get a brief shot of the coffin, and Lugosi's not in it. Instead, they have a really bad uh, plaster uh, caricature of him. That they right. don't even hover on. It's like a split second. If you if you have to freeze frame it, that you can get a good look at it. Yeah, they only go on it so you can see right. the stake in his heart. That's it. <laughs> right. So why would you pay him four thousand dollars to promote the film and not even put him in the film for a cutaway shot of him in a casket? I don't know. And this goes well. This and this goes back to our former discussion about how they didn't like him. <laughs> how he could be kind of arrogant, and. And to make matters worse, and let me just again, I have to check my notes again for the actual uh, time here. Uh, at this, during pre-production for Dracula's Daughter, he went to MGM and did a film called The Devil Bat. Okay, which I initially thought was the film you wanted me uh, to re- to help you review this week because right. you initially called this The Devil's Daughter. Or Devil well, Daughter. Was a typo on the phone, yeah. And I was like, "There's no film called Devil Daughter. There's a film called Devil Bat." I was like, "Maybe that's blame, the one." Blame my autocorrect. Yeah. Um, so, he, so at, at this point in time, you, you're, he's an iconic figure for Universal. He goes to MGM and does the film, 
with what what they consider at this point their property, his face, you know, Lugosi, and he does right. a film with Bat in the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're doubly pissed off. So my my theory is that they were contractually obliged. They'd already like signed the check for the four thousand, and they're like, you know, fuck you. You're not even in the film. You'll do promotional for, it, but you know, we're done with you. But again, showing how do you how, how do you do promotional for something in the '30s? You get on the fucking radio. <laughs> well, I, I just radio, how do you promote something then? Promotional stills, uh, newspapers, things like that. Yeah, radio. Yeah, I, I know I you're guess, not doing you're not doing the night circuit. I, I get that. Yeah, but it, it, so they're still, they're just taking pictures of him or using stock photos of him as Dracula. I, I get. Yeah, I mean, if they you got to pay there, him there are, for that. <laughs> I didn't think they would have to pay him for that. If you, if you, exactly. Why would you even pay him like to walk around? I'm drunk. You, know, it's that's how ridiculous uh, that whole story a, is. Can you imagine <laughs> this story, it, like present day, with social media and everything? <laughs> it's just how ridiculous well, that, it would sound. The first time I ever read that, I was like, "There's no fucking way they paid him four thousand dollars to promote the film and not put him in." So that's that's a lot of craziness right there. And that's one sure. of the reasons why I love this film. <laughs> it's just the fact that he's not in it. Now, you, and now you mentioned Gloria Holden. She plays Dracula's daughter. Right. Uh, Gloria Holden did not want to be in the film. She did and not he, like the idea. She does not like horror films. She was against it, but against her better judgment, she starred in the film. You know what's interesting about her? Seeing her as a young woman where the men in the film are fawning over her, mm-hmm. I just immediately see can see what she looks like as uh, an 80 year old woman she just has that face where it's like i can tell what you look like when you're old and the, what you just said about her not being in the film not being a horror film it just not that people have to like horror films but w- when when you, you have that kind of mentality i just i just picture just old <laughs> just just I don't like those kind of films because I'm so out of touch and I'm so old. <laughs> You're making this face. I don't. I don't understand. But you don't understand. I, I'm just saying. I, I think it's sexist. That's all. I, I would say the same thing if it was an old man. <laughs> if, if I thought, uh, if I thought a, a guy, she just looks old to me. She just has this face where I know what she looks like when she's eighty. All right. I. I you don't find that. Kind of weird. I, have nothing, I, have nothing, I just have nothing to add to that. That's all. I don't know. I'm just looking at her now. I'm just like, yeah, she probably looks the same when she's 80. Just a few more wrinkles. Probably the same mentality. Well, the big, the big thing about her performance is that she doesn't blink. Uh, I think she blinks once in the entire film. One time, huh? Yeah. Uh, so that's. Uh, it's interesting. It's 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 a nice gimmick, but uh, I, I liked her performance in the film. Uh, I mean, uh, this is a very feminist film too. Speaking of sexism. Uh, it, <laughs> okay. it, it really, I mean, if, if you look at the character, she's, uh, she's this woman who doesn't want to be what she is. Uh, she's like this creature of the night. She doesn't want to be a, a, a vampire. And so she's trying to, you know, she destroys her father's corpse and she's trying to find a cure. She goes to the psychiatrist. Oh, maybe you can help. And she really just wants to be human. Right. So it's, you know, she, it's a kind of an endearing character and putting her in, in, in it, it, you can think of it kind of like uh, like a woman trying to get out of this uh, out of the time period, this kind of captive female uh, um, presence in a male-dominated society. And uh, uh, 
Well, you know, it, it, take the yeah. Bela Lugosi's Dracula or any any Please. any man that plays Dracula. They're always this strong, um, very uh, <clears throat> uh, pheromone-like character where they just attract. It, it doesn't have to be necessarily be female. It's just like you're just yeah. drawn to them. Well, I think that's what they were trying to accomplish with this film. Oh, no. With oh, her. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it, so, it's, it, yeah, vampires have always been a very sexual, um, everything from the hypnotic gaze to the, you know, but, biting of the bare neck and uh, changing of fluids. A very sexually charged uh, mythological figure. I'll well, give you that, definitely. And, and but, I think that's why later on in the film, the one uh, girl that she brings back to uh, her place to, to pose for her, to paint... She has her good down right down her blouse, and the, the water, the water is cold. I know a place where there's warmth and food and money. <laughs> and Sandor, money. we'll talk about Sandor in a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that brings the whole kind of um, uh, homosexual, lesbian, bisexual aspect of it into it as well. And you can even see so part of the film, as you can see, is maybe a, uh, a metaphor for uh, homosexuals living underneath the radar in, in the very strict uh, moral society, you know, pseudo-moral society as well. Um, even when, like, you have that... Uh, damn it, talk about that jumps me to a different character. Let me finish with this. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, but unlike the other vampires you're talking about, the very dominant males, she is not... She's not a weak character. She's not a submissive female, but she's trouble. She, she's not happy in her role. She can still control men and women, anybody she wants, really, except Sandor, apparently. But she's not comfortable with it. She's not getting. She's not. Uh, she's not um, reveling in her power. And so there's a conflict of interest there. And, and and again, you could take that as a metaphor for a woman who doesn't want to exist as a sexual being. She wants to be who she really is. I mean. You could take it that way. You can you can definitely read into it on a number of levels uh, from right. a feminist standpoint or a homosexual standpoint. Uh, you've got a lot of that going there. Um, in sharp contrast, which in, which defines that feminist standpoint is the hero of the film, Jeffrey Garth, played by Otto Kruger, who was kind of top billed for the movie. Talk about an asshole. <laughs> Psychiatrist. The first scene we see him in. Uh, what's the he's he talks about shooting women right <laughs> remember yeah because he's complaining about oh you don't have to deal with these women in new york city that are always you know complaining and whinging about stuff so you're not here to the shoot you know here to shoot some pigeon uh you're here to shoot some uh Quail. pigeons uh pigeons? yeah he's like, there's a couple i'd like to shoot in new york but without feathers <laughs> so <laughs> I'd like to kill, i would like to kill my whiny female patients <laughs> give me a cigar and some whiskey now <laughs> and then his secretary pulls up who's this you know kowtowing little mincing uh female parody of a secretary who he can constantly berates and 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 just harasses and yells at and barks orders at constantly through the film this man personifies the egotistical chauvinistic male Mm-hmm. It really does. I was completely so, accepted and almost encouraged in the time period. Well, yeah, he's our leading man. I mean, and, and obviously, I, I think on a level, they obviously did this on purpose to contrast him against uh, uh, Dracula's daughter, uh, Zaleska. I, it, it's two 
blatant to be accidental. I have to give right. this film writers credit for that. Uh, and he's also he's a bad psychiatrist. Can we can we can we get rid of that up front? Oh yeah, he's well, a terrible. The one part of the party. So you know what we do with an alcoholic? We put him in a room with a bottle of alcohol. You what? <laughs> and we and we, we don't let him drink it for hours on end. And uh, uh, we we let them face it. It's like face it head I, on. I, it's like wow, you're Bella, terrible. I quote Bella from last week. Yes, I like torture. I like to torture. And so Zaleska <laughs> here is just like, oh, really? So you make them face what they what they want the most, and, and then that's how you cure it? She says, well, yeah. Oh, good. Let me go find a woman and like get her half-dressed in my apartment and see if I can avoid drinking her blood. Oh, I couldn't do it. Oh. You know? <laughs> I thought you were going a different way with that one. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I, I sure did. <laughs> and it... So, you know, so she's getting all this bad advice from this chauvinistic psychiatrist quack bastard. And right. then you've got Sandor. Every film that we're reviewing for Lugosi has a sidekick or a henchman in it. And Sandor is my favorite. No, he's great. Now, I, I especially like his, um, his delivery. It's oh. like, <laughs> well, she's like, what do you see when you look at me? I see death. <laughs> no, no, just he's a death. Does he, does he just say death? Death, yes. Death. And he's got his, his lips. He got that weird thing with his lips that looks like he's pursing at all times. I I posit that he backs up my feminist standpoint of the film too. If you look at him, he's a very he's a very big guy, but with the way he's got his hair waxed down flat and like the the loose blousey kind of clothing he wears, he's almost like a, a man that wants in on the, the the female angle hmm. in, a, in a weird way but metaphors and feminism aside Sandor is human but he wants to be a vampire didn't that actor play an American Indian in a movie uh, in, in his career at one point because they basically use nothing but white people to play Irving Nate, uh, yeah, Ir- Native Irving Americans Mitchell's... yeah yeah, uh, I'm not sure. He was in The Most Dangerous Game. I'm pretty sure he didn't play an Indian in that, though. Off the top of my head, I don't recall. I'd have to cheat and look. I'll look. Uh, but I, I don't... Maybe just Google his name in Indian. Um, and he, he's the best henchman because, again, he, he's this vampire's right-hand person. He wants to be evil. He wants to be a vampire. And Zaleska doesn't want to be. And he keeps edging her away from wanting the cure. So, you know, he helps her get her father's corpse and helps her burn it and stuff. But then later on, he's like, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, you're going to, you're going to, my favorite part of the whole film is when, is when uh, she starts playing the piano. It's like, no, no, this is going to be different. This night's going to be different. I'm going to see the sunrise. Everything will be fine. I'm going to play the song. Hmm. And, and I wish, I wish I'd given you a clip to play for that. But, um, I'm, I'm going to bring something up. You find that Indian thing? Um, Hard working on it right now. Oh, I'll find hard it. working? Okay. Hard working on it. But so she's playing the piano and she's trying to get into this mood of, yeah, everything's going to be better now. Everything's going to be happy. Uh, it's all going to work out. And she's like, oh, yeah, the, uh, this is the Cradle song. My mother sang this song to me. She'd rock me to sleep while she sw- sang it in the twilight. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, you disturbed me. Twilight, long shadows on the hillside. Evil shadows. No, peaceful shadows. Fluttering of wings. The wings of bats. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit 
uh, like darkly. He just keeps countering with evil imagery. I think what really uh, defines him as a character, if you remember, if you were paying close attention, in the beginning when they steal Dracula's corpse and drag out in the woods and she performs this ritual and they set it on fire, she also makes a cross with her hand, like two sticks. And she looks away when she does it. And Sandor looks away too. Yeah, I did notice he, that. That scene actually just uh, was on. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have to look away. Yeah, he's he not. He wants to look away. <laughs> he's like, I. that's how evil I want to be. I'm not even going to look at the cross. I feel shame. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, he, he's probably the most, uh, now he's the most unfaithful henchman that we'll see in all four of these Lugosi films, but he is the most true to the cause. He is purely evil. He sure is. I, I yeah, yeah. I couldn't find anything about him playing an American Indian anywhere. So, okay. So it just, I guess that. it was an actor that kind of, kind of looked like him. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yeah. Anyway, but, I mean, the 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 only, the only problem is Zaleska falls for uh, what's his name's character. Oh, um, uh, I lost my page. Uh, Otto Kruger's character, Jeffrey Garf. She falls for Jeffrey, the psych- pardon me, the psychiatrist, and she, she's got this affection for him, and she's, he comes between her and Sandor. And at the end, she uh, she kidnaps his secretary, and, and, and again, talk about like the ultimate chauvinistic uh, the, uh, abusive husband. Just right. nonstop abusive as her, but then all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, 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 but I love her, I love her, don't, don't hurt her. Dude, really? You love her? It's, it's, you know, I didn't mean to hurt her. You know, well, come on. Even, well, even after she makes all the, the phony phone calls, the next day she's at the office packing up, giving her letter of resi- resignation. He's like, accepted. <laughs> and then she goes, are you to blame for me uh, being up all night? He goes, that's right. I, I told the operator to call you every half hour on the hour. It's like, whoa, what a dick. She called you. She made a prank call once. <laughs> Blatantly abusive physically and emotionally, psychologically, then the minute she's taken away from him, but I love her. Yeah. Classic, or even to end, to end that scene, they, the, the girl from the night before that she uh, kidnaps to pose and ends mm-hmm. up the, uh, uh, you know abducting and um, uh, biting her neck, uh, she's at the hospital and they call him and they say, oh, she's, she's here, uh, come look at her. And he's like, come on, get your pad. And she's like, uh, no, I'm leaving. Remember, I resigned. And he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And she goes on unwill- just willingly. He's like, yeah. let's go. It's like I, I so, thought uh, I was leaving. No, guess not. Yeah, classic <laughs> abusive relationship. And then uh, he he's kind of falling for the strong woman because you know she she's kind of like a man in that way, and you know it's, it's it's somebody I can understand. But of course, he loves the stupid secretary because he can slap her around. And at the end, she. Said, you know, I'll trade uh, her life for yours. She wants to turn him into a vampire, and that pisses Sandor off the no end because he's been the lackey for long enough that he wants in. So he actually kills. Oh, spoiler alert! She actually kills <laughs> Zaleska, then goes to kill uh, Jeffrey, but the cops get there in time. The, the Keystone cops get there in time. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he pissed off the Sandor. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> no, well, no, what no. about me? To bite my yeah. neck. Like I'm like your fucking loyal servant here. Come on. 
I, but I just love the fact he just go, he just turns 100% on her. It's not, he doesn't even, like, kill Jeffrey first and try to make amends. He's like, no, 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 fuck you. <laughs> I can be evil without the vampire thing. It just would have been cooler, that's all. <laughs> what now, about more chicks? <laughs> the, the one character that we haven't been talking about is the only actor that's in this film from Dracula, which is uh, Edward Van Sloan, who plays uh, Von Helsing. Von Helsing. Yes. And it's it's an interesting... Like, like, you watch the first film, he's very manic, very excited. This film, he's very sedate. Oh, which yeah, at, Which at first seems like very odd, but the more I watched this film over and over and over again, it made sense to me that this guy who was like very manic and you know caught up in this whole thing about vampires and stuff... It's like he proves his life theory right. They kill him, and now he's like, I did it. Oh, yeah, whatever. He, he's facing the death penalty. He's like, eh, whatever. You know what? Oh, really? I was a vampire. Now call this guy. He'll, he'll help out. This is not, not a care in the world. <laughs> he's like, I, well, I, just, I just killed a fucking vampire. Go ahead, put me in jail. Do well, and know? the thing is, too, they said, well, I don't think we're going to be able to convict him. There's no body. <laughs> mm. So it's after like, that back, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like uh, it's like nobody took a picture. I know pictures existed, obviously. It's like, how about you take a picture at some point of the body to prove that it existed? Oh no, let's not do that because now that the body's gone, this guy—it's like he didn't do anything. Be fair. I don't think they counted on anybody stealing the body. To be fair, let's. That's why let's, they had a guard posted. <laughs> To prevent them, they didn't know that he was in the uh, Sure, we we can be fair and say that, but you know what? Procedure's fucking procedure. You're gonna take a picture at some point. How about right now? How about right now? They caught the guy with the corpse. What? What do you need a picture for? All we need is the corpse. Uh huh. <laughs> there's a flaw to that, mind you. There, there, there's no way. There's no way you could sell that. And my argument of taking a picture immediately is gonna go away. It's just you, not you know, going to happen. Here, here's my wish. They remake Dracula's daughter, uh-huh. but she's just like a, in the background, but you make it a court film, and it's the, it's the whole court trial. It's all the, the Van Helsing's trial. I want to see the evidence put up there. That, that would be great. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've always thought that was fascinating, uh, like doing what? something like that. Like from the very, very beginning, I always thought, that it would be awesome, and this is totally off topic, but it's just in conjunction with what you said about the court trial, that the last season of Dexter would be like the court trial. Like that would be the whole final season with flashbacks to like how he got caught and, you know, uh, you know the, the murders and, and finding new evidence. And like, like 80% of it would be a court trial and with flashbacks and, and, and things like that. I was I like, thought, I was like, that'd be cool if they did that, because in that show there was always, they were always kind of pointing you in the direction of is he going to get caught, when oh, is yeah. he going to get caught, how is he going to get caught, and I just thought maybe it'd be cool if he did get caught, and they actually have a trial. When they when they teased um, when that when they had that brief tease of them possibly doing another season of Breaking Bad that was a hoax. Um, oh yeah. My first thought was great. That's it's going to be the trial, if he survived. Yeah, and that would be awesome. I mean, but, uh, but uh, it happened. But I mean, this is—I I think it would be interesting. And then in the background, you could have Sandor and Zelensky flitting around, whatever. But the main focus would be Von Helsing. You know, sure. Maybe sure, they call Zaleska like as a character witness near the end. 
<laughs> Total shock. Surprise! <laughs> just uh, all the, all the, you know, everything just has to be at night. <laughs> and, and as far as or like, just or cloudy uh, days. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's going to rain today. Let's have a trial. <laughs> as far as Zaleska being being a crafty villain too, she's. I mean, Sandor, I think, did all the heavy lifting. He's the one procuring uh, bodies for her. Uh, when she meets the psychiatrist, she even tips her hand in the beginning. She's like, oh, uh, you, your your friend would probably think uh, uh, you should be aware of me because I don't have any mirrors in my house. She says, oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't noticed. Well, because <laughs> yeah. Cause that, that was the first like, thing he said to her. He goes, uh, you're the first, does he say dame? I don't know. You're the first dame I've ever met that doesn't have a million mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and, it, and like, it only hits him later when she, Van Helsing says, "When you, when you, you'll know when you, when you meet this person, they won't have any mirrors." Right. Which, but it's worse because she doesn't just she doesn't try to distract them from that. She's like, "Well, your friend would probably warn you against me then, because you know they don't have reflections." It's like, why are you mentioning that? Yeah. What are you a moron? Well, but again, part of it's a self-destructive tint of hers. She doesn't want to be a vampire. So in some way, she wants to be found out. She's trying to reveal herself to him, I guess. So that does make a little sense, but still. And again, this guy's, you know, I don't know. Not a likable character. He, he, he makes he makes uh, Jimmy Stewart and Vertigo look like Alan Alda. He's really not a nice guy. Oh, no. Not at all. Uh, I mean, so very... Uh, de- Definitely a feminist piece, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I don't have too much else. I mean, I, I spent a lot really on the production aspect of the film. Oh, let me mention very briefly my my, my thing I mentioned before. Dracula's daughter is supposed to be uh, an adaptation of the short story Dracula's guest. You mentioned that. Pardon me. Right. Supposedly, that was supposed to be the first chapter of Dracula, but it was removed from the book. I call bullshit on that. There are some literary. Um, archivist, whatever you call them, that would agree with me. Hmm. The well, what evidence do they have? Just well, hearsay. As far as I can tell, because uh, I'm not a scholar, I just read the shit for fun. As far as I can tell, what I've seen is that uh, Dra- um, Dracula, Bram Stoker's widow, is the one who came forward supposedly and said this was supposed to be part of the original manuscript. Uh, go, okay. Going go, going through all of his notes, uh, manuscript notes and for drafts and revisions and everything, there's no mention of it. It was written by him, but what some people believe now, and I agree with, is that it was actually a short story written earlier in his career that he didn't do anything with, and then later based the book on it, the idea. Okay, that, I, I think that makes more sense. There's very little, there's no reference to uh, the book in the short story and vice versa. There's nothing really in common with it. Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So I, and and also there's a, if, if you, I'll put a link for this on the website. There is a, uh, remember I mentioned before this, this one guy, he gets all these original screenplays and reprints them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got one for Dracula's daughter. And I, I want to get the name of this. Um, and I fucking lost it. I'll find it again. But originally, the original screenplay, they, they couldn't afford it in the first place. Uh, it had a, there was supposed to be a, a, um, an, uh, a prologue 
that shows how Zaleska became Dracula's daughter, and Lugosi was supposed to be in it. Again, screenplay written beforehand, pre-production. That's another reason to believe that they decided to tell him to go fuck himself. Where he was throwing this huge party and seduces Zaleska, because you know, and then takes her, and then the, the villagers storm the castle because they're tired of him taking all their daughters. Uh, and, and this is how she becomes Dracula's daughter. And then, but then she flees during the whole fight, and then he turns a bunch of people into rats, and then we go to modern day. So, I mean, this is one of the things okay. they had to rewrite because they, could, they couldn't afford it to begin with. Uh, the author's name is Philip J. Riley, author. I mean, he's archivist, kind of. Uh, and it's called Dracula's Daughter and Alternate History for Classic Film Monsters. He's got a whole series of them. I'll put the link on uh, our Facebook page, Movie Sucktastic. Okay. But I, I just found that aspect interesting, too, how the it, it's, a mo- it's a Dracula film that Lugosi's not in based on a short story from the Dracula novel that isn't really from it. Everything's like twice removed for this film, so I just, I, it's, it intrigues me. I'm sorry. It entices me. I, I am intrigued. You are going to say something profound. I'm really not. <laughs> All right, I'm putting on uh, "Murders in the Room Morgue. That's the second. Murders in the viewing. Room Morgue. Yes. Now, I remember last week when we were talking about. Um, the black cat and we talked about how we couldn't stand the romantic couple in that film yes this film makes you wish for them doesn't it <laughs> it sure does man i uh, um uh actor's name i, is I thought it, i thought it was a funnier movie though in some ways yeah maybe it's it's less funny for me because uh um i'm I, I'm probably a little more familiar with the source material, which is Edgar Allan Poe's Murders in the Room Org. And this is one of the few films we're talking about where the film is actually kind of <laughs> adapted <laughs> from the actual short story. There's some little changes. Uh, basically, Lugosi's part as a whole is, is right. brand new. And, it, uh, and, um, and instead of it being just a monkey that went on a rampage, uh, it's, it's a monkey under the control of Lugosi. But other than that, it, it's it's somewhat reminiscent. It's more. It has yeah. more to do with the short story than anything else we've reviewed. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I have a big giant book uh, of. It has everything that Poe has ever written. And uh-huh. I, I just don't remember this story at all. I, well, I it, read it. Yeah. I just don't remember it. it it's Murders of the Remorg. It's considered one of the first um, detective stories. And in a lot of ways, Sherlock Holmes is a derivation of uh, Lupin, which was the, the the detective character in the short story. Okay. <clears throat> it's also uh, the same character is in um, uh, the Purloin Letter, or am I getting them mixed up? With the, I don't know. The, the titles get mixed up sometimes between that. I, th- I think that's the right one. Uh, but <clears throat> again, credit as being the beginning of the whole detective short story series uh, genre. And uh, there's a lot written on it. Everything, you know, Poe's got 5,000 critical essays on everything he ever wrote. Uh, this story, this film is not probably f- popular with anybody who's critical about the short story. Oh, yeah. There's... But I love Lugosi's character. This is my, fav- my favorite Lugosi role, bar none. Dr. Morocco. Him and his unibrow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just the but, worst. 
for for any for anybody who's familiar with the short story and those who aren't, uh, it's basically uh, the, this detective guy and his friend, and they come across this mystery, uh, a locked room mystery, where this women women were murdered in an apartment building, an apartment, and all the windows and doors are locked, and they can't figure out who did it. Uh, long story short, they find out it was an orangutan, and that's because this one guy's like got this Sherlock Holmes ability to deduce things out of thin air. The film. Uh, turns the detective into a medical student who in, invents uh, forensic pathology and instead of just having an orangutan owned by a seafarer Dr. Miracle is this, uh, seems to be like a carnival freak show that goes around with a gorilla uh, claiming that he can speak its language in actuality he's, a, he's an evolutionist <gasps> that's right I guess at the, I bet at the time period people were really like fucking up in arms well, about that. Oh, like they aren't now. I was. I watched this. I, I, I felt like it was. I felt like he was talking to like somebody like a GOP convention. <laughs> really? <laughs> Don't you remember his language? We came from him. <gasps> a gasp. What are you talking about? That's impossible. You're a heathen. I will <laughs> prove to you we came from monkeys. Right. Now, what? All right. I gotta be honest. I was very surprised uh, that that was in this film uh, to that degree. Yeah. No, it it really comes. I, out of I, I thought I thought it was ahead of its time, and because of how batshit crazy people are these days, uh, I was like, it, it, the film felt very relevant, even though it's eighty years old. You you could you could film you could make this. A, I actually think this film should be remade. And 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 here's here's my take on. And I'm I'm not even sure if they're like. If the film is agreeing with me or not, it's hard to tell. Basically, uh, what is revealed is that Doctor Miracle is desperate to prove evolution, and he's doing that by kidnapping women and trying to get them uh, and trying to prove that they can uh, that they evolved from apes. Oddly enough, he feel, feels that the way to prove this is injecting them with ape blood, <laughs> which oddly enough keeps killing the prostitutes that he, he or the women that he, he kidnaps it just and he, and, and he and then he checks he checks their blood to see if it's tainted or perfect well he is blames this, her he's like oh yeah you, you you tainted blood from your lifestyle that is why you cheated yes me from that's <laughs> that's right it's like it's, so, it's your lifestyle you're a terrible person so what i like about the character from my viewpoint i mean what the film shows is that okay he's pretending to be like this carnival guy but in reality he's a mad scientist i like to take it one step forward and and uh look at him as he thinks he's a mad scientist he has no medical training whatsoever he just thinks he's a mad scientist that's right he's when the he, worst when he doctor injects, ever when he injects the the woman with blood he does. He, he's never given a proper injection. He looks like he's trying to dig a penny out of like a, like the bark of a tree with a pen, pen knife. I, at <laughs> first, I, I thought it was a, a fuck like an exacto knife or something. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is he doing? Yeah, that's not that's not how you give an injection, doctor. No, that's not. I, I actually <laughs> thought he was he was cutting a sample out, and, and but no, it's like <sighs> right. So I, I like the idea of this, this guy, like with no medical training whatsoever, no scientific training. He just decides, you know, what? I'm going to prove it. I'll, I'll prove. How would I do that? So let me let me think. How would I, well, if we evolved from ape, and, and just like the logical conclusion is, if I can put ape blood in a woman and she lives, well, then I prove I'm right. <laughs> I I remember um, hearing a real life story, uh, a true story about a scientist doing something similar to that, like 
like fucking with uh, DNA, uh, blood, and, 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 and semen to, uh, to uh, a lesser extent, uh, with, with women trying to, uh, trying to prove that we evolved from them. And he was, I, I remember reading that. I actually, I think they even had it on, um, there's this TV show that they have on the sci-fi channel. It might not even still be on anymore. I think it's called like Dark Matters or something like that, where they reenact all these old stories that are based on truth. And I'm almost positive that that was one of the stories that they, that they reenacted. It's actually a pretty good show. Uh, just about the whole show is done with green screen so that they can recreate all of these uh, time periods. Uh, and but everyone's dressed like you know appropriately, uh, but everything else behind them is green screen. I'm almost positive the show's called Dark Matters, and I'm almost positive they covered this exact scenario, where it's like this crazy okay. mad scientist injecting blood in uh, uh, monkey blood in women. <laughs> So, I, I mean, yeah, he was batshit crazy, him. but he was on to something which then spurred more uh, uh, research into evolution and whatnot, well, Darwinism I, I think, and all that. I think Bella was on to something. I, you know, I think he would have been doing fine if it wasn't for that those meddling kids. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Bella talking to a gorilla and occasionally kidnapping women and injecting them with its blood is pretty cool, but then you have to wait in between soliloquies of love and romance from these two chowderheads. Oh, God. Yeah. It was tough to watch. Like the moon... Did he compare... He compared her to the moon at some point, and I wanted to push him over. Just... <laughs> horrible. Um, but but Miracle... Yeah. I mean, there's that one part... You know, when he's... Uh, when he's talking about this, and, and someone calls out, you know, you know how to see? He's like, how to see? Do they still burn men for heresy? <laughs> then burn me, monsieur. Light the fire. Do you think your little candle will outshine the flame of truth? There's a crusader. <laughs> Fucking style. He's got the he's got the, the cane with the squiggles on it. And he's got the weird hair. He he kind of looks like, uh, especially when he's re when he's got his sleeves rolled up and he's wrestling with the woman that he kidnaps. In, in general, right. He kind of looks like uh, if Shemp if you crossed Shemp. With well, Willy Wonka, <laughs> part champ, part Willy Wonka, and part uh, carrot top with the muscles. With, <laughs> yeah, just that kind of like, you know, he's got the veins popping out. It's like, I will do this, you knucklehead. Oh, you know, just re really, it's got that weird look about him. I love Lugosi in this film. The character's great. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, his crazy, again, just, his crazy hair is, I think, is almost a character upon itself. And and then and again he has a henchman. I forget the henchman's name in this one. Uh, oh, um, I I have it. I'm, uh, I'll let me bring it up real quick. Damn it, Janos, Janos the black one. There you go, the black <laughs> one. Got, I I don't think he actually calls him that in the film, but that's his name in the credits. Janos the black one. I love that. Uh, but Janos is not a great henchman. I mean, when he sends him out no. to, to to get a woman, and the woman he gets in the film, she has two men knife fighting over her that kill but each other, and then he gets her. You know, and, and even then he doesn't even get her. Lugosi gets her. He just like drives the carriage, and then Lugosi tells him to take care of the body. All he does is like pull a lever and it falls in the water. So Janos is a very lazy henchman. Yeah. <laughs> and at, at the end, he does. He can't even. He can't even bar the doors in time. He get. They, you know, the cops shoot him. That's just, right. Yeah, he he sucks. There's someone barring the door. Bang. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you if you're gonna get the whole name Janos the Black One, you gotta put a little more effort in. You gotta earn it. He didn't earn um, it. Yeah, Lugosi's character is just in, uh, deliciously insane in this film. Oh yeah. But I and <laughs> to get yes. off Lugosi when uh, <laughs> the the end near the end of the film, uh, or it's pretty much the end of the film. When he finds out where she lives, uh, the one woman that he's intrigued with, or Eric, the, uh-huh. the the gorilla, he named the fucking gorilla Eric. <laughs> what a weird name to name a gorilla. Um, That's because anyway, he's crazy. He's fucking crazy. Um, he basically he tells he tells the gorilla she's up there, go get her, <laughs> and he does, and kills the mother. And takes the daughter, but at that point, um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Sydney F- uh, Mill, Mille, or whatever his name. Pierre. His name was Pierre. Pierre. Yeah. Um, he he he's like, oh my god, she's in danger, and he goes there and and finds that she's missing, and they don't know where the mother is, and they call. That's from the original story. But they they call over. Uh, I guess the head prosecutor or the chief of police, whatever the fuck he's called in 1936, like 32. Yeah. And <clears> he's <throat> basically like, you know too much. You're guilty. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Are we... It's like, are you kidding me? Is this how this works? <clears throat> um, hang on one second. It's like, you know too much. You did it. You're guilty. Well, what's, what's even better is he's on the outside of the locked room with other people in the apartment building trying to get in. They're, they see this, they're witnesses, and no one speaks up like, hey, 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 no, no, he was with us. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he's talking to the one guy, and the guy says, well, there's no body here, so it's not a murder. It's like, you suck at this. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, there's a lot of parallels to Sherlock Holmes. Again, uh, I mean, the idea that the cops are clueless. Now, the, the senior talk about, I'm going to get it briefly literary here. The scene you're talking about, there's a part of it that infuriates me. It bothers me to no end. Um, the film's obviously going for that kind of keystone cop, cheap laughs thing. There's a part in the film where they bring in the people, the ear witnesses, people that heard what oh, was happening. I was, I was just about to bring that up. Okay, if you do want to talk about it first? Well, uh, yeah, well, it seemed unnecessary, first of all. But well, then again, but then again, I guess it kind of does because they're so shitty at police work. That if so, if if they just thought someone did it, they're gonna lock lock them away and hang them. Well, so he's like, uh, yeah, I heard the guy. He was speaking Italian, and there's a German guy saying that. And then the Italian guy, he comes up, goes, "Nope, I heard it. He's speaking Dutch or Danish." And then the Danish uh-huh. guy, he's like, "No, no, I heard it too, but he was speaking German." They're all blaming each other because apparently, even though they had nothing to do with it. They figured this this the police work here is so well, shitty that one of us is going to get the blame. So we better here, blame somebody else. Here, here's where it, that scene is actually from the short story, and it's more relevant in the short story because in the short story, Dupin is the um, the you know the Sherlock Holmes genius, and okay. he's there and witnesses the, these uh, interviews, and he deduces. If the Italian thinks it, if the German thinks it's Italian and the Italian thinks it's Dutch and the Dutch thinks it's Swedish, blah 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 blah. German. Then his deduction is if they all heard a language 
and assumed it was a different language because they didn't recognize it, then whoever was speaking wasn't speaking an actual language. And that goes into the deduction that it was like a gorilla. Just so what, so what so what you're saying is it was executed really well in the in the short story. It, it was it had <laughs> and it was not very and not pertinent. not at all in the film because they right, don't go that direction at all. It's it's worse because in the in the story it's pertinent information that's used to deduce the actual solution. In the film you don't need that because we just have Morocco running around and that's how he's going to solve it. So but they left it in and play it purely for the com comedy of. Now this funny accent's gonna blame that funny accent, and that funny accent's gonna blame that funny accent, and we're all gonna laugh. It's 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 painful. It was bad. It was it was terrible. It's excruciating. It's excruciating. Yeah, it's painful to watch. So mamma mia, that that's out of every. And again, I'm not a purist when it comes to, especially with all these films, you can't be. But that particularly bothered me because they. They kept the scene and then twisted it purely for comic. Uh, it, it, it's horrible. It does not work at all. It's just annoying. I I, I, I like the fake monkey falling into the river at the end far more than I like <laughs> watching that. Uh, yeah, these films are. It's almost like these films were made on a different planet. They're just uh, well, so I mean, old, and their their practices are so old, and just the mentality well, and now, the sexism and. Uh, there's not a single black person yeah. in any of them. Well, <laughs> it's like they didn't exist. It's like black people. Uh, let me rephrase that. Rephrase that. It's like there was only white people living on our planet. <laughs> that if you look at any of these films from that time period, most of them anyway, it's like there was nothing but white people. That's it. And mostly uh, annoying white people. Mostly, yes, yeah. that is true. Not going to deny and, that. And, and I want—I I forgot to mention it. one one point further because I talked about the chattering monkey. Another level of how insane uh, Miracle is mm -hmm. is that the beginning his whole shtick is I can speak to the monkey and he like he's like how would you blah 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 and then the monkey like chatters and goes he said he misses his homeland Africa he doesn't want to go into the sun and the reality he's lonely. is lonely right <laughs> and the reality is. He's fucking insane. There's obviously not talking to that monkey. He just thinks he is. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean... But he's well, so batshit crazy, he's like, well, they're not going to know the difference. It sounds like gibberish. Well, since, he, since he's able to control the, the monkey in the film, I think it's debatable whether or not they're trying to, trying to imply that he actually can't talk to the gorilla. I think, I, I think that's debatable on, in, this, in the aspect of the film. For me, it's not debatable. He can't talk to that monkey. He's just insane. <laughs> and I, I, I so could see a remake of this modern day with just because uh, you got those guys that near like that one guy in New York City, you know everything's fine. Then one morning, like a cop sees him walking a walking a tiger. Next thing you know, you find out oh he had like eighty seven exotic animals in his two bedroom apartment. <laughs> he had like fucking emus and snakes and shit. And nobody knew. You, you see it all the time. <clears throat> I, I I could definitely see a remake with some you know just like a shut in. Uh, occasionally, like, does some kind of uh, performance art, but at, at night he's like researching stuff online, teaching himself uh, medicines. I'm gonna prove that we came from apes, and and just like he has like an orangutan. It'd be like a weird remake of uh, Going Ape with Tony Danza, and you could get Tony Danza to play Morocco. <laughs> sure, definitely, he, he'd yeah. be down for it. I, 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 what else is he doing? Danny DeVito's still alive. Get him in there somehow. 
Danny, Danny DeVito can direct. Sure. Now, I, I would be remiss to point out that I, I think two of the films that we talked about that we didn't really mention anything, I'm going to bri- briefly mention it, in uh, Murders of the Room Morgue, right. the direction, the set design, has a very uh, German expressionist feel to it, very artistic, it's very accomplished. You can tell there's real talent behind that. Right. Same thing, I didn't say last week, I just want to mention briefly, the uh, the Art Deco uh, design, the architecture, the, the cinematography of the Black Cat, very impressive, really adds to the flavor of the film. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, pres- especially uh, just because the main character, uh, Boris Korolev's character, is an architect. So they really nailed that. I mean, they, they put a, a lot of uh, these scenes uh, within the structure of his, his home yeah. that just I mean, really it brought the, the, you know, the, the flavor and, the, and just the yeah. style of every scene just right in. See, so, so I mean, I mean uh, we're talking about, you know, the bad aspects of them and, I, and i'm raving about lugosi being crazy or carlos performance but those two films specifically last week's uh the black cat and this week's murders in the room Org, they're definitely worth, worth a look just for the cinematography just for the set design mm-hmm. uh the costume design great stuff definitely worth a look oh, i yeah. mean you know don't, I'm, don't I'm, shy ke- I'm keeping these films in my film collection i'm i'm Dude, gonna I'm, I'm not getting rid of them <laughs> i love Lugosi's Miracle is just great. <laughs> and, and again, he pulls the creepy thing, too, in this one, like with the girls. Uh, oh, I, the, the monkey, he took, he took your blouse. Uh, he took your scarf. Uh, I'll replace it. Where do you live and what is your name? <laughs> no, it's quite all right. Thank you. He's like, uh, how about we... Uh, yeah, right. He, he, keeps, he, he keeps saying, it's like, I will replace your bonnet. I insist. And then later, he goes to her door and he's like, I need to talk to you. And she's like, "No, that's all right." He's like, "No, I we got I got to talk to you." And she's like, "No, I, I'm gonna go to bed now." And he's like, uh, "How about we go to the cafe?" <laughs> it's like the middle of the night, and uh, she's like, "Nope." And she basically has to close the door on top of him and just push him out of this out, out of the out of the door. That, that's why it's such a great character. Uh, and again, it's the reason why I like him in um, the Raven is because this isn't like oh. Uh, little did they know he was crazy. No, everybody knows he's crazy from from scene one. Everybody knows he's fucking insane. You know, every time Dupin mentions miracles, like, oh that guy, yeah, that's nut. <laughs> her, oh he's at the door. Oh no, <laughs> what am I gonna do? There's there's no there's no slow reveal. He comes out of the door, batshit insane. Uh, from you know, enter stage left. I'm crazy. Let's run with it. <laughs> There's no illusions. That's, that's, he wears he wears his crazy on his sleeve. It's, it's like uh, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, fuck. Donald Trump. St- no, Stanley Tucci. No, let's not let's not go there. Uh, Stanley Tucci's character in uh, the Peter Jackson film, the one that took place in the seventies. Uh, what the hell was Hard the name thing. of that? Not the Peter Jackson film. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one where he he, the, he made uh, Stanley Tucci was a pedophile. Oh, Stanley Tucci. I, I got things mixed up. Oh, yeah. You're, talk, you're talking f- about um, the lovely the bones. Fuck? The lovely bones, where it's like, yeah, y- yeah. Everybody knows you're a creepy pedophile. No, no, no. no that, <laughs> that, that that's just the opposite. That film was so bad because because everybody's like, oh, that's the nice old man next door. And the way Stanley Tucci plays it with the mustache, they like, oh, that's a pedophile. If you, you saw this guy in your neighborhood, you'd burn his house down just because yeah. you know he has a collection of tiny shoes somewhere. No. No fucking way. 
Yeah, I think when we reviewed real... that, I think when we reviewed that, uh, I, I think I said something along the lines. I was like, "Oh, he like, re- oh yeah, he's right down the block. Let's go get him." Yeah, yeah the girl disappeared. <laughs> yeah, we know who to check. House five oh seven. She's check missing. Yeah, let's go. Uh, you know, uh, four fifty Beach Street. Let's go now. But <laughs> we we got him. It's he's right there. <laughs> don't, don't get a search party. Call the cops. Tell them to go to the backyard first because he's going to run. <laughs> yeah, we got to sneak up on this guy because he's got to know we're coming. <laughs> but but the, yeah, but the film dude. plays it where everybody's like, "Oh, that's the guy. That's the nice gentleman. We never suspect him of everything." Come on, he's like cutting the roses and drooling with that. No man with that uh-huh. mustache. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Even in the seventies, nobody with that mustache is trusted by a rational adult. That's it. Yeah. No. It, it just the the way I look at it um, is just. Yeah, I would never, even with me present, I wouldn't let you around my children. What the fuck happened? To, <laughs> what, the, what the fuck happened to Peter Jackson? You know, can you, you can almost see him off camera. It's like Stanley, can, I, can you be more molesty? Like, Peter, <laughs> yeah. you want me to pull it out uh, in the driveway? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like I mean, here, here, uh, uh, here's a doll. Um, you know, just just practice with that. <laughs> like, holy shit, it, dude. Peter, do you want me to play it subtle? No, no. The audience might get confused. Peter. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned uh, Peter we'll, Jackson. We'll cover it with CGI. We'll cover it with CGI. Don't worry, yeah. Stanley. We'll be fine. It's Aww. funny you mentioned, like, what happened to Peter Jackson. I I was just going through, um, because Jurassic World was broke the Avengers Aww. record of $208 million. It's the number one opening... It's the number one opening ever in the history of ever. And I was going down the list, you know, because I had a list of the top openings ever. And obviously Jurassic Park is now the number one and Avengers number two. Well, I get down to the list and it's like the new Hobbit films are like, they're on there, but they're like in the top 50. (laughs) It's like uh, the Hobbit, the original Hobbit was like, it actually did okay. It did like in the eighties or low nineties for its opening weekend because everyone was just intrigued, and then everyone was like, "Oh man!" Even though I liked the new Hobbit films, the three of them, everyone's just like, "Oh man!" Then the second one opened, and then the third one, it just, yeah. But here's the thing. I called it from the beginning with him, where he was going to do the Hobbit in two parts. Which is the right fucking move, by the way. It's a 300-page mm-hmm. book. It doesn't need to be a nine-hour movie, okay? Uh, so what he did was he cut it up into three parts. They filmed it. It was done. Then he said, you know what? This movie needs a third part. And, of course, his defense for himself was that I need to tell a, a, a better story. And what it really came down to was, who wants to make an extra billion dollars? Raise your hand. I do. Right here. And that's that's basically what happened because I looked at the numbers. In America, each film did gradually worse. You know, first one came out, it did X dollars, second one X dollars, and then the third one was the least amount. But with the foreign money, each film made a billion dollars. They made three billion dollars um, instead of two billion. Well and, and what what else is he doing after the Hobbit? I have the no only, idea. The, the only thing that's like official is that they've announced that he's going to be doing two more Tintin movies. Producing, though. Producing, exactly. So, I mean, it's like, okay, I'm done. 
and I saw the the, the first Tin Tin one. Oh, I didn't bother. It, it was okay. It was good. It was fine. I'm sure it was fine. You know, I, I, whatever. It was more influenced by Steven Spielberg because I think he. I'm pretty sure he directed it. Of course, uh, than, than, than anybody else. I mean, what was supposed to happen with that was uh, Peter Jackson, Spielberg, and I want to say Fincher, or maybe just Spielberg and Peter Jackson were going to direct it together because uh, they were, you know, such huge fans. But yeah, that'll work out. <clears throat> well, that was also supposed to happen with the heavy metal remake. Like each, they were going to get like five directors to do, you know, five different parts, and it was going to be like Fincher, it was going to be Peter Jackson, it was it was just going to be all these like big time directors, and if they could fucking just agree on anything, they would do it, and not only would they do it, but it'd probably be amazing. It's like, come on, get your shit isn't together it, and get it done. Isn't it bad enough that we have a Poltergeist remake coming out? It's already out. I think it's I think not only out. is it, I not only do I think it's already out, but I'm pretty sure it's out of theaters already, or if it's still there, oh. it's 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 dying. Really? <clears throat> yeah, I think it's still out, but it's so far you, down you, at the bottom. You need to confirm those numbers for us right now, sir. For Poltergeist? Yeah, I I, I need to know. Sure, got it. Um, you're the numbers guy. Uh, I, you know what I. I I, I I took a uh, I took a teenage girl to see uh, Jurassic World the other the other night. Oh, you did go see it? No, no, no. I took a teenage girl to go see it. I didn't watch the film. Oh, you just dropped her off? Sure. You saw it? Stop lying. <laughs> no, you no, saw I didn't it. see it. I, I dropped I dropped her off. I dropped her off and picked her up. I'm, I I I I might have to see it because Holly wants to see it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, which doesn't happen often. We we really have very similar tastes in films. So when it comes to movie theater films, very rarely does she want to go to a film that I don't want to see. This is one of them. I'd rather stay home and watch Jurassic Park 2. Sorry, that's my favorite. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the only one, but I thought that was the best one as far as characterization, story, whatever. Uh, I like the second one. All right, let's see. Poltergeist currently sitting at number 10. With six hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars in its fourth week, uh, That's it's, it? it's made forty-six million. Um, no budget listed. It's probably not. Nope. It's probably not a lot. They probably made their money back. But but but, but but it, it's ma it's, it it's making Halloween? like six hundred thousand a weekend. It's pretty much two weekends away from just not making any money. It's made seventy-two why, million dollars worldwide. I don't know why they thought that would be a. Um... Well, I, I like the trailer though, where they they, they, they don't even hide that it's uh, it's the the houses are built on grave sites. They don't say Indian burial ground, you know. <laughs> cause they probably don't want to fucking offend anybody, but um, uh, they just said you never it's you you built it on a on a graveyard. It's like okay, they're not even hiding it because the movie's so fucking old. The um. The budget I, I found I found a number I don't know how official it is sixty two million. Sixty wow that's a lot of money. That's, no, really that's under a hundred uh, for a major remake like this it's under a hundred million I'm I'm actually impressed. Nah I don't know man sixty two million for a shitty little horror movie this seems like a lot. Well all right not a shitty little horror movie a remake of one of the most famous ghost movies ever made. True. But it's a that's, remake. 
That's it, the difference. But of a famous, it's like remaking if they if they remade Jaws. Ah, it's just a, it, it's it's an iconic film. It's a movie you talk I, about I, when you talk about films. So I, I mean, I guess. yeah, I mean, which is the only reason they remade it because they just knew just based on people knowing the film, you'd get enough people in the in the audience to break even. Yeah, I mean, they're counting on us. And I, I was fucking. It's, Fuck you know the you. closest. You know the closest I got to fucking Poltergeist was when we went to go see Mad Max because I walked past the theater. That's as close as I got to seeing Poltergeist. All right. And that's the closest I'm gonna get until it that's appears fucking on a my right. monitor. That's right. <laughs> and speaking Oof, of Mad, here? yeah. And speaking was, of Mad Max. Oh, that's right. We, we you want to talk about that briefly? We can talk about it briefly. We don't have to go into okay. a real deep. I mean, I'm really only just gonna mention that it's as good. As you want it to be, it really is that amazing. Well, that's any film. But I mean, the film does exactly what it sets out to do. Yep. It, it's it's not, and it, it actually manages to uh, achieve a level of depth and a story and characters. And it's not just, even though it's advertised as one long car chase, it's not just one long car chase. Right. And all this whining about it possibly being a feminist film it's not it's just female strong female characters which some people apparently have a problem with uh and my only criticism of the film is i hate i hate that type of ending they fade into the crowd ending oh spoiler wow. alert it's not a, it's not a really no one gives a fuck about the ending so that's not, not a spoiler alert right no one goes to no one paid to see that movie and said i wonder how it'll end no one gives a shit how it ends. What they care about is the middle, and that middle is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's the beginning, the middle, and that just about ten minutes outside the ending. Yeah. It just it's that good for that long. And yeah. if anybody told me, and it didn't it wouldn't even be Mad Max that if the plot of the film would be they're going to drive in this direction, then they're going to decide <laughs> to turn around and drive in the exact opposite direction. I would have laughed at you. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, but yeah. Not really. Um, it's a but big reveal. It's not really. Um, if you told me that, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, what shit film are you trying to sell me right now? And I would have said, I'm not seeing that. Well, that's <laughs> but even it's the done beauty. so well. But I think that's the beauty of it that was kind of captured in the, in, in the Road Warrior was that, I mean... On a certain level, you've got to take a look at it and say, okay, it's a post-apocalyptic film about people driving. In the post-apocalypse, where are you driving to? The answer is fucking nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking apocalypse. There's as, or as to they go. would say, there's nothing in that direction but salt. Yeah. Which is just a great description. So you have to take it at that level and... So it's not about that as much as it's about the characters and motivations and redemption. All right, you know, and the film's a bit, they don't, they're not, it's, the film's not subtle. I mean, redemption is actually m mentioned out loud like three or four times. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it, it, they're really, they're playing it to the cheap seats. Okay, guys, it's about redemption. Can we, let's just relax and watch the car chase now. All right? <laughs> don't, Which don't. Her, which, don't hurt which yourself is trying to figure this out. We'll amazing. Tell you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and we were at the theater, and I just, in the middle of it all, um, or during one of the quiet scenes, I just I just had to lean over to you, and I said, I read somewhere that 
nearly every or was it at the end of the film i don't think i interrupted the film but i was like nearly every scene in this is real where they threw in cgi where they had to but for the most part all of this shit is real all the stunts and it was extremely dangerous to make as a movie they spent a lot of money the movie cost almost 200 million dollars and it's just they just spent a lot of fucking money to make it because they didn't want to cheap out and cgi the whole thing and and, and this is what i talk about when i talk about films that should be remade and films that shouldn't be taking something like mad max which was an ultra low budget you know bare bones aussie independent underground you know fucking guerrilla filmmaking but you know they had no money no special effects and it's it's a classic Mm -hmm. you take that and say okay let's take that and let's put a hollywood mega budget behind it and see what we can do that as long as you do something new with it as well which mad max remake or reboot whatever you want to call it did that makes sense to me taking something like poltergeist which was okay back then they had money they put money into it you saw the money on the screen to begin with it wasn't a low budget film and you say all right you know what let's do that today with our better special effects and not really do anything different and probably and spend logistically roughly the same money if not a little less no reason to do that why are you even doing it yeah now Two examples there of, of just Hollywood waste and actually, okay, let's do something that actually makes sense. Okay. Now, what's interesting, we were talking about uh, the original Mad Max, uh, and something I didn't know that you mentioned was that it was never intended to be a post-apocalyptic film. The first okay? one, right. The first one. And it was just the landscape and the low budget that really made it look that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was extremely it, fascinating. Yeah, it, it was supposed to be a dystopian kind of future. I mean, because the, 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 if you watch the Australian cut, the beginning it says, a few years from now. So it's that kind of play on, you know, this is how bad things get. Uh, you know, just to clarify that. Yeah, So, it, but it, it was never actually supposed to be after the war. Then in the Ameri- by the time it, it was released in America, you had all these reviewers and stupid people asking, well, you know, it's supposed to be a post-apocalypse. So they say, no, fuck it. Just, they, they threw on that tagged meeting that says, you know, after the war. <laughs> Go for it. So by the uh, time you get the Thunderdome, <laughs> you know, that's well, all it's yeah. about. Yeah, that's it. Well, anyway, what I did was I ended up looking back at the original cast and all that. And the guy that plays Immortan uh, Joe, and I didn't know cause I, until I looked it up, He's toe cutter in the first film. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either because he's oh, he's just got he's all he's all covered in makeup and the and the mask and everything. I didn't know that at all because uh, I, I, I didn't want to know that. anything about Fury Road, like I nothing. That. Yeah, I thought I mentioned that before because I I know we kept yelling toe cutter in the car. Well, yeah, but I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know anything about Fury Road. I just wanted to experience it, and I'm glad I did it that way. His so name. if you meant if you mentioned it, I apologize. I was not that oh. I wasn't paying attention. It just didn't click for some reason. His name was the Knight Rider. <laughs> uh, and his character, yeah. his character, Morton Joe in Fury Road, it just, just, just how he looks with the mask and the hair and the body armor is just. It will evolve into just a classic character because well, he looks that badass yeah i mean and they they did the best possible th- i mean 
the, there's the intro to the, the, the Mad Max thing. There's like the voiceover and all that explaining about the war and all that leading right. up to it. Um, but what I like about it is the inference uh, that one line where he says, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell, you know, who's crazier, me or the rest of the world, and about everybody lost something. And just they pretty much set the groundwork for the idea of going into this. You have to you have to be married to the mindset that the world ended. These are the survivors. And everybody's fucking insane. That's right. People aren't doing things because they're logical or reasonable. They're doing it because they're fucking crazy. So, and the film sells that so well with the opening sequence and with that just that brief dialogue right. that when you get to the big car chases and they bring their own soundtrack, the guy from rock uh, rock band like <laughs> dancing with the fucking guitar shooting flames, you're like, I would do that. That makes perfect sense. Yes. <laughs> That's like, right. I think uh, you, you you said it perfectly. It's like, yeah, I, I totally believe that they'd be driving with their own theme music. Wh why, why wouldn't, wouldn't they? <laughs> why wouldn't they be driving without their own theme music? Of course they are. <laughs> yeah, when you when you I mean, either your your life's not worth living. There's no future. There's no hope. Uh, so on that end, you're crazy. And if you're at the other end, like a Morton Joe, where oh, I'm a god, am I? I guess I am a god, yeah. <laughs> so what do gods do? Let me see. Gods have rock band playing behind them. That's true. Uh, you know, it's just... <laughs> it, it really sells... It, it, it helps. Like, when you watch stuff like... Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I, I rewatched all, all three of them going into it, and, and I think I, none of them really tried to explain fully why people would dress up in funny costumes in the post. It's just like, oh, everybody does this. Everybody does this. Is that, yeah, we're not yeah, going to discuss it or go further into it. In the future, yeah, they don't even try to explain it as crazy, as, you know, even though it's Mad Max. I mean, the first film kind of plays on that, but it's more of like being driven mad about like being on the road. But it, it, again, the post-apocalypse thing wasn't a part of the first one, so that's not into play. In the second one, it, it, you know, you've got the guy with the feathers on his head and everything. Everybody's acting crazy, but it doesn't. They never really go fully into why would you do that, right? Fury Road really just helped lay the groundwork. That's that's genius filmmaking. If it wasn't for that fucking uh, crowd fade at the end, I would call it a perfect film. Yeah, yeah you really didn't like the crowd fade. I, I mean, really, I mean, I, I mean, I. I wanted a Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid ending. I don't know. If I wanted. Get I that, wanted the but... kind of. You know what? We're not going to see it fail. But you know, how you how do you. I, I I reject the idea of a post-apocalyptic film with a happy ending. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It defeats the purpose. It didn't really have a happy ending. I mean, come on. Yes, it, it, yes, well, it not did. not for not for Max. That was almost Ma Max a happy is ending. Max is so fucked up. He's like, I, I can't enjoy what's going on right now. But, I gotta leave. No, no. <laughs> it was a happy. It was a happier ending than Thunderdome. That's how happy that ending was. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, I. At least in Thunderdome, like, oh, we finally made it to the future world. Oh, it's all destroyed. <laughs> oh, it's a wasteland here too. Oh, that's a fucking Mad Max ending. Road Warriors. Uh, oh, you see, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, they 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 tricked you. You were just carrying sand the whole time. Oh, tough break, Max. <laughs> it's like that. That's a Mad Max ending. <laughs> So well, this film Stop. is successful enough that I, I don't doubt that we we I would love to see another film. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna compare Mad Max. Now bear with me here. Okay. I'm gonna compare Bad Max to Waterworld. Did you say Bad Max? Uh, Mad Max. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm going to compare Mad Max to Waterworld. In that, okay, both films are highly enjoyable to me if I turn them off just before the ending. <laughs> if, I, if I just trim 10 minutes off of those films, I, I, I leave happy. I wonder if there's an alternate cut of any kind with this. Like when the Blu-ray comes out. I if hope they're gonna, if they're going to have any like you know uh, alternate ending or whatever, because it almost seems like it's like well we got to end it somehow. Let's just this is the easiest way to do it because it might have like four other endings. You know, honestly, I don't think that, I don't think so. I, I really no? get the feeling that okay. he knew what he was doing beginning to end. I get that feeling. I could be wrong, but uh, I, I really don't think they had alternate endings. I wish they did because I would like a dark ending. I don't. I really don't care as much about the ending as you do. Obviously. Uh, well, <laughs> well you, you know what? I enjoyed the film so much that the ending was kind of like, oh, now we're doing the cliché. Now we're doing clichés. Really? Yeah, I guess so. And I was well, in, yeah, you know, but we're, you know, we're, we're hardcore film goers. We, we've, we, on some level, at least me, I don't know about you now, uh, <laughs> we're a bit more critical when it comes to certain things. You know, we, it's, it's well, far as you, the t- yeah, as you get older, you, you, you have to, because we've it's, seen it's, so much film. We've seen oh. just so many different types of endings. It's like, you, you, you hated it, uh, you know, so much. And yeah, I would have preferred a darker ending, but I'm not as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Animated about how much I didn't like the ending as you are. You're a bit more ambivalent about it than me. That's a good word. Yeah, uh, very good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess you just reach a point where, where you, a- after a while, some of this stuff's like, oh, that old wheeze, come on. <laughs> that trope. Haha, that's the word. Uh-huh. Trope, trope. It's a trope. Oh. Uh, all right. So I think we should go ahead and end the show. Now, what? I don't remember what I was challenging you three episodes ago. Uh, you never did. Okay, so you, then you, it, we should. My challenge to you was the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Right. So I'll tell you what. As we did three weeks ago, you'll think about it and let me know. How and about if, if, if Lugosi or Karloff comes out of your mouth in any way, don't talk to me <laughs> for another week. How about this? How about I take the initiative since it's my challenge to you, uh-huh. and we start the film, the show on a, on a brand new path, okay? And do a film that we should have done ages ago. Oh, like one of those how do, how have we not reviewed this type film, like Jim Cotta? Like yeah, how have we not I, reviewed Jim Cotta yet? Kind of scenario. Yeah, either how how haven't we reviewed this yet, or we could do a Scott versus Joey episode. Okay. Like like the Fifth Element. <laughs> which has been on a lot lately has it okay yeah so i mean uh, it's your call what do you what do you think Jim, do a gymkata do fifth element um well let's not decide now let's let's really think about it all right and we'll just have a surprise for next episode but it's going to be something like that it's going to be a, um, a a standard film that we haven't reviewed that we should have regardless oh, whether it's oh. when we agree on or not sounds good to me all right all right. Maybe that Lugosi film? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't even... All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode 176 of Movie Sucktastic. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, we're next week we'll be reviewing something. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll let you know. 
We'll be uh, reviewing something profound. Profound. Alright, uh, go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Completely redesigned and redone. Please go to the site. I want it's you so to. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. Why are the pretty ones always so dumb? Uh, anyway, <laughs> you can listen to our show. Yeah, no, it's just something I said. Uh, you can listen to the show live every week with the live stream app. Uh, 8 o'clock on Thursdays, join us live. Or you can watch the show um, on the live stream website, livestream.com slash moviesucktastic. Or you can listen to the show uh, from the from moviesucktastic.com as well, or you can download it. You can go to iTunes, and you can do the same thing. You can download it to your favorite MP3 player of your choice, or you can listen to it right there. Uh, you can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. 908-514-4470. Uh, you can email us. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can also go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. We have a Tumblr page, and that's moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can also download the free app for your Android device. 100% free. Everything I said is on there. Uh, you should totally get that. And uh, coming soon, very soon, literally within the next week or so, I will have a mobile version of the website for all you iPhone users. Fuck yeah. And uh, that about does it. So, Scott, you got any wisdom? Tokara! <laughs> okay. It's hard to come up with new stuff every week, I know. I've never done that before. No, I know. I just figured you would have used something from the two movies we we reviewed. Oh, uh... It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about late. it. Too late. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah. A little late.